Hello everyone and welcome to the O Studio podcast, where we delve into the art of feeling better. My name is Tim Bateman, founder of O Studio, a New Zealand wellness franchise that's here to help you relax, recover, and improve your health and well-being. Today, Sophie and I are chatting with Natalie about all things flotation therapy. Floating is one of the core services we offer at O Studio, and Natalie is an absolute guru. So we hope you enjoy. Alrighty, welcome to the O Studio podcast. Um, excited about this one. This is something that I'm really, it's sort of like the, my thing, you know, out of all the things that I shoot. I mean, I love all the things that we've got on offer. Um, I, sp- I know I talked a, a lot about floating in this sort of a couple of episodes back, but um, today we've brought in the expert on floating. And I know you probably hate hearing that, but I don't know if there's anyone else in New Zealand really that would have supported as many people as you have through floating for such a long period of time. Like it would be, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's probably thousands of people that you've seen come in and put through experiences in floating, which is pretty incredible. So um, I won't, I won't steal your sort of intro, but I want, yeah, it's Natalie, obviously we've worked together for a long, long time, but what do we need to, I suppose, understand about you um, to understand why you're here today on this podcast to discuss all things floating? Right. So most people call me Nat. Um, the first time I heard about flotation therapy, I was 17. <laughs> the um, Simpsons released an episode in 1999, and it was um, Lisa takes Homer <laughs> to some sensory deprivation tanks. I remember this. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously it was a funny story and all that kind of stuff, but I was like so intrigued in this tool. I was like, I want that. I want it. I want it in my life. But I just never thought it would come to New Zealand. It was just such a far out kind of USA thing to do, right? Yeah. Um, and I was very much into, at a young age, visualization and things like that. Um, I used visualization for. Um, getting ready for dance exams or speeches or music performances. Um, So when I saw flotation therapy, I just saw this huge potential, this powerful tool. You know, if you're removing all of the external stimuli, jumping in a tank, like this was really cool. It was right up my alley. And um, a friend of mine um, messaged me and she said, you need to go check this place out. And they are looking to hire someone. And I was like, no way. So, yes, yes, that was it. Went and had a float, applied for the job. I remember. (laughs) I remember so vividly. I remember like just seeing you come, you had this massive smile on your face and you were just like, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to work here. <laughs> I have to work here. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. I do remember that um, Simpsons episode, so I don't know. We should probably chuck it up actually so people can see it. But it's it's sort of the way it sort of describes floating is almost like some sort of psychedelic experience. You know, like he, It does a little bit, yeah. You know, and, 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 and I know we won't probably go into too much of that today, but, you know, that's, there's that side of floating. You know, there's people that are trying to explore that side of the mind, you know, and what can I do when there's nothing coming in? That was, that was some of the initial questions that were wanting to be answered around floating. I know, you know, John C. Lilly, it was the 50s, was it? Mm, yeah, 50s and 60s, right? Yeah, exactly. What happens to the brain yeah. when there's no stimulation coming yeah. in? So but, he um, was a neuroscientist. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In this episode in The Simpsons, like Homer goes on this just journey 
he goes on this journey. And we've seen some people go on journeys over the years, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> so I suppose the, the, the start here though is like, because some of the people that listen to this, I'm sure, have never stepped, float into a, uh, stepped foot into a float room or a float cabin or a float pod. Like what is floating? And, and sort of, you know, what's it doing, I guess, is, is the more important thing there. Yeah. So the first thing is, is that to know is that everything is explained to you. Um, when you're walking in, you don't, there is that kind of, um, not apprehension, but there's the unknown. Like you don't actually know what you're, you might see the videos, but you're unsure. Um, but we talk you through all that. We try and make you feel as comfortable as possible. Uh, we show you everything in the room. The room has got, you know, your shower and your uh, tank. Some people, um, the O Studio ones are cabins. Um, Cloud9, where I work, is pods, so um, float pods. Um, but both are, are the same thing. Are you getting into uh, roughly a 1,000 litres of warm water yeah. um, with about 500, a little bit more kgs of magnesium sulfate. And that makes you extremely buoyant to the point where you can fully, fully relax um, without any pressure points on the body. Um, you can have the light, you can keep the light on, but it is good to um, turn it off if you can. Um, and there's a wee bit of music to kind of see you in, um, relax you a little bit, and then the music will come back on the end uh, to signal the end of the float. But people will float for a lot of reasons. Um, the main that one that you see is deep relaxation, mm -hmm. so true rest. Um, um, but there's a lot that is going on there, um, so you're... Um, heart rate lowers, your blood pressure lowers, that is proven, we know that. Um, your, so your breathing does slow down quite a bit, your muscles fully release. Um, one of the harder ones for people is the neck. The neck quite often is the last place to release. It holds a lot of tension. It's very protective. Um, but we do talk people through that as well um, so that they're in the right spot and the right body position to help with that. Um, so people come out um, on their first float, they might feel a bit, um, a bit sleepy. It is really, really good uh, for good quality sleep, by the way. Um, and But then after a few floats, you do find that it just gives you focus and clarity when you come out of the session. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Like I suppose you touched on a, a, a quite a bit there as well. Uh, I suppose in its essence as well, like it's not a really nice term, but it's it's floating in its essence as sensory deprivation as that. It's trying to remove Correct. that. I, I think the, the proper term for it in floating is rest therapy, so restricted environmental stimulation therapy. So it's trying to re restrict as much stimulation as possible on the body and mind. So if you think, you know, right now, sitting in this room, I'm having to process light that's coming through that window. I've got gravity that's pushing against me. I've got noises that I can hear coming on over here. I can feel the seat beneath me. I've got, um, you know, the lower part of my body is slightly hotter than the upper part of my body because it's in the sun. So I'm having to regulate, um, sort of regulate temperature across my body. So there's a number of things that your body is having to do all the time. Even when you're asleep, your eyes are still filtering light, filtering your ears are filtering sound. And, and it's, it's a certain level that will wake you up or stir you. And so floating where you're trying to go into apps, you're trying to get nothingness really, isn't it? You're trying to get as little stimulation as possible in there. And um, 
and so yeah, so the, the water being the same temperature as the air, which is the same temperature as your, as your skin, and that and that sort of zero gravity feeling. So ultimately, you're trying to feel nothing. You're trying to feel, it should feel like you're floating in space and nothingness. And as you mentioned, like some people will keep the light on. You know, some people want the music to play the whole time. Some people might want to have a meditation track that's going on or something in there. But the essence really of like pure floating is taking all that stimulation away so that you can really sink into like a deep, deep form of relaxation. I mean, so if like you've obviously seen a number of people come in floating over the years too, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do too. It sounds so simple. You lie down in a, in a body of water. But it's not these these little challenges that come up through floating too, eh? Absolutely, and I think um, for me coming back, my first float, obviously before I'd come back to work for O Studio, um, was at Cloud Nine, and um, obviously Tim had always raved about Nat, um, and I did have high expectations, and she blew them out of the water. I think just with her passion, with her knowledge, um, and also just the understanding of what it is like when when we first come into float, it's something that you have never forgotten, and I think that's what makes. Um, you're such a, a brilliant facilitator of flotation is that you do remember what it's like for those first timers and all the stories that we do hear and experiences that we see. Um, you retain and you genuinely care about every single person that goes into those floats. Um, and I think without you here, with our floats, um, it would be a completely different situation. You are the, the guru and I'm grateful always that we um, have you as such a big part of the team. Um, but yes, I think going back to your original question, people's experiences on the other side of floating um, are really varied. And I think it has a huge amount to do with the expectations they take in there as well. Um, people with, you know, busy, seemingly busy minds often think that, oh, no, floating's not for me. I've, my, my, my mind's too busy or I've got a really busy brain or I couldn't be still for that long. Um, they are people probably that need floating the most, I think. Um, and it often is if they if they do give them the opportunity, you know, one, two, three floats, um, they will really see the the differences on themselves on the other side. See, I, I hear that a lot and I agree with you. Like those people are people that could benefit the most from it. But like what, why, do you, how, how do you explain that? To yeah. someone, you know, but if someone's like, no, like, I don't like silence. I don't like, I, don't, I, like I, I like having, you know, I need to have something coming all the time. It's really hard for me to explain, actually, that's not that healthy for you all the time too. And so, like, how do you explain, well, how could you explain to that person, it actually is a real benefit you take 45 minutes, take an hour to have nothing coming in. Mm. Even, what if you don't enjoy it? Do you still get the benefits? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yes. That, that's something that I do say to people. I'm like, even if you do have a busy brain, um, it's still going to do some good things for you. Um, it's not... Um, it's not good for us to be constantly consuming and processing information. Mm. And if you've got a busy brain, you just kind of have to sit with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, some people are like, ah, oh, you know, I think I'm going to be bored. I'm like, yeah, be bored. <laughs> you know, maybe get to know yourself a little bit in a different <laughs> way. You might, you'd be surprised like what comes up for people in the pod. They might have a busy brain, but they might solve something that was bothering them while they're in there, you know, or something might come up for them um, that gives them some kind of insight. Um, One of my my first kind of floats, or in the first year of floating, um, I had a memory pop into my mind and it's something that I had completely forgotten happened. And the memory was that someone said to me, 
oh, I said to, I was like, oh, so excited about what I could be when I grew up. I was maybe six or seven. I was like, oh, I could be this or I could be that. And I was speaking to someone about it and they was, and they said, oh, you're probably just going to get married and have kids. And I felt deflated <laughs> instantly, right? I was like, boom, into a wall. Um, <laughs> and, but I'd forgotten that memory. And it's so interesting how that affected me. That became a core, mm. like a core belief that I took into adulthood. And I got married and I had kids and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they were right. It's so true. I think, um, you know, we've discussed this a lot and we talk about this a lot and, you know, together in, in the studio is people's self-awareness is only as, you know, vast as they've allowed it to be. Mm. So I think we can easily get through huge chunks of our life just not really thinking about who it is that we are or mm-hmm. how we think or, you know, why we act in certain ways and why certain things make us feel how they feel. Um, but floating, I think I've we've seen this a lot in here as well, it can be the most profound experience because it provides space. Mm. You know, space, just like you said, be with your own thoughts. And it is, that you know, the brain and everything that it holds it will be constantly presenting things to you and if you aren't aware of it, you'll miss it. So mm. it, it really is that space. I think one of the most kind of emotional ones, well, there's been probably two um, quite emotional, um, you know, that I felt um, kind of moved by people coming out of floats telling me these stories and we do hear a huge amount of them, as I'm sure you guys do as well, um, is he was a, a grandfather, came out of a float, he'd never floated before, his kids had given it to him for his birthday, um, he'd had a really intense working life and had obviously worked himself, you know, extremely hard for a lot of years Um He'd gone in and I thought, oh, sometimes you put, I put with him and I feel nervous. I'm like, oh, they're going to hate it because it is just such a, a foreign environment for people. You know, he would have been well into his 60s, um, didn't seem that stoked. He'd driven a wee distance to get here. Um, and he went in and I got sort of saw him on the other side, got him a cup of tea and he's sort of sitting there with quite a blank look on his face. And I don't, I don't like to bombard anybody. So I was are you okay? Did you want some more tea? And he just said, I got in there and all of a sudden I was overcome with just this feeling of I don't have to be everything for everyone. And it was almost mm. like you could just see a weight just being lifted off him. And he was emotional, which made me, I'm emotional the best of times, but um, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I felt gutted that he'd got that far and hadn't realised that. Um, and just one float and all of a sudden mm. he's just, and then we've seen him since. He's gone into a completely different line of work. It's been like the catalyst for a whole different type of thinking because now he doesn't want other people to get that long, go that long and see, you know, that there is a different way. But it's a space. It's a space to think um, and have those those moments. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like the benefits of floating, you know, like so you've talked about, you know, the the benefit of floating comes from just providing genuine space to think. You know, that, yeah. that just removing those distractions. You touched a little bit on the benefits of deep relaxation, you know, like what that actually does to the internal part of the body. Do you, like, do you want to go into any more detail on what's happening around stress or what's happening around yeah. what, what's going on within the body around those those times? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in when you're in the flow tank, uh, your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. So that's your rest and recovery mode, which is where we want to be. Um, so um, your stress hormones lower, cortisol lowers as well, which is really good. So it helps with uh, 
difficulties in emotional regulation, so um, your ability to problem solve, and that can be anything from like if you're if you're having an angry feeling and you can go a bit deeper with that and figure out what's really going on, um, or just simple things like you are um, needing to look at something in a different way, so a shift in perspective, that kind of thing. Uh, you've got benefits from for the body. Um, so rest, uh, we need to heal if you're if you've got something that's ailing you, if you've got an injury, if you're gonna keep going on that injury or keep kind of soldiering through, you're not giving yourself the best chance to heal at all. Um, and floating does do that. Um, sometimes pain is exacerbated by tension, like how we hold our bodies when we're in pain. Um, so you might your posture, posture might change when you're in pain. Um, so when you're in the float tank, you may still feel your pain, but you're releasing the tension around that. So all those muscles that are overcompensating are releasing, and we're trying to break the cycle of pain causing a stress response, and that stress response layering up on your pain again. Mm. Um, so we have people floating with us for um, chronic pain, uh, fatigue, osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. Um, it's definitely um, very common um, that people would come in our doors for that, but also um, after surgeries. Um, and also, which I find really interesting, is um, we've had um, people come th to us through uh, their stroke specialist. Oh, wow. So for stroke recovery, and, uh, and which is quite similar to concussion recovery as well, mm. um, where the brain really needs full rest um, so that it can firm up the neural pathways that to relearn things like the motor skills and things that um, are yeah. affected. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing about this and it's been a wee while now too, so I'm, I'm going to muck it up like I do most things here, but at, just around how, so, so someone's living with chronic pain, they've got a, a, like, when you're experiencing pain, you'll have responses going on within the body. You'll have certain hormones that releases, your heart rate increases slightly, your blood pressure will be up, cortisol levels will be high. And so, and, and so, and also what happens then is you get muscle tension around that. So you have muscle tension. So, so you have a, an area of pain that has a sort of physiological response and you have muscle tension, which feeds back into the pain. So you've got this cycle of pain. So by so what floating's actually doing is by just adding this like pure relaxation into the muscle, so that so the muscle has no tension around mm -hmm. it. It sort of breaks that that cycle if that makes sense. Yeah. And so if you if you if you are having yeah, you've got some sort of level of pain, but you don't have any of those physiological responses, then you're effectively breaking that cycle of pain. Which you know it, it's it is surprising to me too how many people are living with pain. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know obviously there's all forms of that. You know, some some people it's only something really minor. Some people are living with serious pain all mm -hmm. the time, and having some sort of you know relief from that is just is is pretty cool to see really. But um. Yeah, so so pain relief is one of the areas. Deep relaxation is one of the areas. You know, we've talked about finding space to be able to really think and sort of reflect. One area that I found really interesting, and this was a study that was done sort of back in 2016. I'm actually going to read it because I'll make it. I'll get it wrong, but it was a study 
they, so it was a study on 50 people and it was around generalized anxiety disorder. And they wanted to see if floating in a sensory deprivation tank could help with anxiety and its symptoms. Um, this is a this is an interesting area to sort of get into because obviously we're not that we're not a space that's like designed to cater for people that have serious forms of anxiety. But this is something that they were doing as a sort of research um, study. And so, compared to a group of people on a waiting list, those who floated had massive improvements. So their anxiety symptoms decreased by thirty seven percent, and their depression sort of rates on depression increased increased by forty three percent. And what they were actually doing around this was they were getting people to think about their stresses in the float environment. So it was like, okay, so something that was triggering some sort of stress response, go in there and think about that while you're in there, which sounds really strange mm-hmm. because they're not actually mentally like, loving that experience of thinking about the stress, but you're not getting that physiological response. So you're not having the muscle tension, you're not having the heart rate increase, you're not having the blood pressure increase. In fact, you're getting the opposite of those things. And so once again, it was trying to sort of break that cycle mm-hmm. of anxiety. Like, do you see people, like once, we don't go out there and say, hey, floating is mm-hmm. going to solve your anxiety issues. It's just, I would never say that because it's, it's different for everyone. Not everyone loves floating, I get it. But do you see people coming in and around you guys to come in, in, into the studios to for things like this as well? Yeah, all the time, all the time. Um, I'm one of them. So before I started floating, I had generalised anxiety disorder. Um, I was on a couple of types of medication. I thought I would be an anxious person for the rest of my life. I truly couldn't imagine being out the other side. Mm. (laughs) Um, But through flotation therapy, um, I have now done a complete 180. So I'm very, very calm. <laughs> so calm. The calmest so I know. So calm. <laughs> you are my yin to my yang, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, oh, so we do get people floating for anxiety. They do, it does mean that you have to desensitize to the float environment a little mm. bit. So the first one it may not be comfortable, um, but you're knowing that it is going to benefit you. So it, you might find that. One is you want to get to that third one, get to that third one and start to really see um, things take shape. Um, What we're wanting to do is regulate the nervous system. Um, There is, like for me personally, like um, you'd get like a conditioned, uh, learnt response that the body would give. So for me, even um, like, for example, last week, um, I had some stressors, some triggers in my life, and I felt tightness in my chest. Mm-hmm. Now that I know is a conditioned, learnt response that my body is instantly giving, and it actually doesn't need to. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to give that response. So I jump in the tank, <laughs> nip that in the bud, and I did two floats in a row. And you come out and you feel... Yeah, the the stress is still there, the trigger is still there, but it's water off a duck's back. Mm. You know, your response to it is different. And that's what we're trying to change is that habitual response that the body will go into fight or flight, um, holding in tension and and releasing those stress hormones when it really doesn't need to. Uh, So it's a a retraining, reconditioning of the body. Uh, We have uh, people that are floating with PTSD. um, And yes, you know, they go into the tank. It's probably not a relaxing time for Mm. them at all. Um, but um, they are working through th- things in combination with therapy. 
Mm. Yeah, um, and it's very powerful, which why they keep keep coming back. Yeah, so, in that kind of um, acute uh, type of situation, we would recommend that they do like you might like six weeks, which is what case studies are based on, um, of floating once or twice a week for maximum impact. So yeah. it's a kind of a different yeah, is that, reason. Is, is that how you sort of recommend? Because, I mean, there's lots, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask later on actually was like how, how regular would you recommend people float? I mean, you've talked a little bit here around that acute phase mm-hmm. and so the, and the studies being that sort of one to two floats a week for six-week periods. So that's that could be 12 floats over six weeks. It's quite a lot, a lot of floating, like a high dose. It is floating. a higher mm. dose, yes, yes. And that is, that is what's recommended for maximum impact um, for change. Um, so there are people that we do have floating for things like concussion recovery, stroke recovery, um, and PTSD and all that kind of stuff where you're wanting to get in, a, you know, yeah, a dose, as you're saying, like getting getting a lot in in one go, and then they might kind of peter out a bit. But um, you don't want to have massive gaps mm. in that in that kind of. Um, so what about case. just someone who's not managing something acute? What do so you? So if your of- life is pretty hunky dory, like if you're feeling pretty good and you just want to um, have a reset and you want to take away any kind of bombardment and you want to get in the tank and just refresh, then yeah, once a month seems to be the a good amount. That's that maintenance phase, isn't it? It's a maintenance. It's yeah. like that that acute response, the twice a week for six weeks. Um, obviously, what this study, original study is based off, like you say, that is kind of like that acute phase. This is what we're recommending you do. Um, but you did that, didn't you? Didn't I did, you? yeah, when we first started here. I I'd actually only floated once at cloud nine and I'd got back here and um, the discussions around anxiety obviously being massive um, and we we made the plan twice a week for six weeks. It's actually funny though, I, I floated here happily for that first kind of two months and then after I really sunk into the work, Cloud9 became where I wanted to <laughs> associate here with, with work. But um, I think that it's interesting that that's been studied and there's, you know, research that supports it because that genuinely is what you kind of see from people. The more regular, regularly they float, um, the, the difference that they see. And then if you do leave those big windows of time, it is harder to get back to that point without, you know, going a, cu- a couple close together. Yep. Um, so it, it's funny, isn't it? Like, because you've got the acute phase that we've talked about and we've thought that sort of maintenance phase that's sort of like once a month. Everyone's slightly different, eh? You mm-hmm. know, like finding yeah. that little sweet spot. I think one thing we all agree on is you've got to do three. Yeah. You just have yeah. to do yes. three floats. The, the, the way I always think about the first float, actually you said before that, you know, the, the, the grandfather that went in for a float and you were nervous. Or I'm nervous for everyone Same. going in for their first float. Every I'm like, time. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. but I, I think it's because I value it so highly. Yeah. And, but I know that there's subtle little things that you can get wrong so easily. Like you've shaved that morning. Like yeah. who would have known that that was something? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or it's, like The fear for me is that it won't be a good experience and they won't try it again. Yeah, that's exactly. My, that's always my biggest fear is that, you know, that the, it's so salty that if you've got some ag- ag- aggravated or broken skin, it will sting. That could be enough for someone to be like, not for me, never trying yeah, it again. They like, too oh hard beforehand, so their body's real hot right before it. They've had a really hot shower beforehand that, that can impact that. Yeah, make it feel they, cold or yeah, yeah. exactly that or that they um you know they potentially run slightly cooler and so we've got to increase the water temperature slightly or increase the air temperature slightly to make sure that that, that, that it's right for them but it's thus such subtle differences that can make make or break an experience so yeah. i always think about the first float as an orientation float it's like understand where you park 
understand like what the room looks like, understand that, oh yeah, cool, I need to do this. Understand what they, okay, there's music that goes like this for a little bit. Oh, do I want the light on? Do I want the light off? Do I want the light cycling through a little bit just for just to sort of see what it feels like? Try and experience that sense of deprivation of the lights off if you can, if you feel comfortable. But we've had people float, you know, 50 times and they'll keep the lights on. They yeah. just keep, they, they keep, it's more just the body feeling within, yeah. within the cabin. But yeah, getting to that third one, I feel like you've had the orientation. You've tried the second one ideally at a different time of day. Like some people, like you float first thing in the morning. I don't know mm. why you float first. <laughs> I can of, tell you. Yeah, well, why? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I mean, okay. go for it. Yeah, go for it. Go, go. <laughs> okay, so if I float at night, the, and it does make me a nicer person when I float at night. So when I float at night, um, I'm floating after work, I have more patience, I'm calmer when I get home to family. I've got more to give, right? Nice person. (laughs) Um, When I float in the morning, I've offloaded a whole lot of crap during my sleep, you know? So I'm a fresh, I'm a clean slate. I go into the tank and I have this openness and I'm more likely to have some kind of insight come through, some kind of cool little nugget of knowledge or something that I solve in the tank first thing in the morning because I am open at that point. Um, Floating after work, yeah, I definitely am decompressing. I'm offloading stuff from the day. Just, you know, it all kind of filters out. But um, they both have benefits. Mm. I like being a nice person for my family. Yeah, (laughs) I 100% agree with your summary there. I the think first time you were the morning. Well, morning. no. So I do. I both, depending on how it's fitting on with the day and my life. But um, I would. I think the the floats that I've had the most kind of like, oh my gosh, have one hundred percent me morning floats. Whereas if I'm floating near the end of the day or even in the middle of the day, you're actually are uh, just decompressing and processing, which both beneficial for different things. Mm-hmm. But it is it is very different. I think the hardest thing that limit limits my ability to float in the morning is. I don't like having coffee beforehand. Yeah, but my head doesn't like me not having coffee. <laughs> well, I think actually now that now that you you guys are talking about that too, I think yeah, there's been periods in my history that I've liked floating with a more clear head, like you know using visualize like practicing visualization, mm-hmm. like you've got to be quite clear. And so being drained, I think it's because at the moment I'm working a lot and there's late nights, and there's lots of things going on. Mm. You know, like for me, it's like middle of the day, middle of the week. I feel like I've just got this little, I can go in there, lock the door, the world disappears for a little bit, I can just sort of escape, you know, whereas, um, and so that's for me what I would say is like a real passive float. Mm. It's a passive float. I'm going in, I'm just sort of surrendering in there and I'm just, it's just like I can just step away for a little bit. That So it's a passive float. Whereas the other floating that I've done regularly is that active, what I'd say is an active float, yeah. which is like I've, I'm going in with, I've got my goals that I'm looking over beforehand. I did like this thing called the Winner's Bible for a long time where I was looking through, um, you know, like it started off with um, static images around rugby or around family and stuff, the, the person I wanted to become. And I'd be going into the float environment and just like all those sort of images going through my mind, I was trying to focus on that stuff. And so... Um, and that turned into videography, turned into like moments of perfection. So like watching, like pumping myself up with like a highlight package of myself or yep. something on the field and then going in there. So it was more like I'm actually actually trying to do something here. Um, but yeah, at the moment for me, it's more, it really is that maintenance, you know. And I've been pretty average actually this, this, this year. I think I've only had one, you know, one float this year, which yeah. is what we're, oh, it's only been a month, I guess. But 
uh, it's um yeah finding well. finding how it fits into your rhythm I think is the hardest part like yeah. for me I need to sort of lock it in or else it can slip out you know like a like a lot of other healthy things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I guess um you both having seen you know thousands of people coming out and you've talked a little bit around the reactions like is there any consistency amongst what you see people pre and post float or the types of things that you see people getting or are there any stories that sort of come to mind around uh, that's quite cool that's what floating is yeah so many I come home pretty much every day with something cool that has happened for a customer <laughs> um yeah, the, you've got people that, um, like adults with autism, who they come out um, after, they've, in this kind of situation, they would do a few floats, right? <laughs> um, but they notice changes within themselves on how they can handle interactions in groups of people and all that kind of stuff. And, and they will t- sit say to us that this has changed because of how um, flotation therapy has helped them, their ability to process um, all that extra, extra, extra stuff. Um, We've had uh, people, I had a teenage uh, female who had rheumatoid arthritis and she came out of her first float and she cried and she cried with relief. She cried with relief because she is on uh, medication every day. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time she'd felt relief, not from a pill, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I got emotional too. But um, that kind of stuff where you're like, wow, you know, this, this um, there's so much anecdotal um, uh, stories where people are telling us how it is affecting their life. Um, yeah, uh, People with PTSD, that's obviously um, an, an awful thing, you know, when people are coming in and they've got the weight of the world. Mm. They really do. Like you see them going and they, they're heavy, heavy with mm. it. Um, and they come out, they're a little bit lighter. Yeah. And you can see it. You can see it's like the weight has physically come off their body. Um, there's people floating for grief. I was going to say grief. I think yeah. that's the one that I've probably had the most. Um, I was not surprised, but I think that's not something that I would have associated with floating. But I think a lot of people with grief, floating has been the catalyst for a shift, yes. which, is, which is obviously such a, a delicate topic to approach with people, but some stories that people have, you know, they've been sent in, they've been given a gift card, they've lost a loved one, and, you know, on the other side of it, the conversations that you have, it's incredibly powerful. And I'm probably like you. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that you go home and you think, oh, my gosh, it's better work stories, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, the, the, the grief thing is interesting for me too. Like, are they, are they like, I'm grieving and so I'll float? You see these gift cards or yeah. is it like, is it like, they stumble into it and is it, is it just that the float has realised that they're grieving something or is it like, what is it? thinking of one in particular, this um, a lady who had been here about a year and she'd come in, her sister had bought her a float voucher. One I was nervous about, she'd never floated before, it wasn't her cup of tea, she was quite upfront with this wasn't her environment, she wasn't keen to try anything else, she didn't want to look around, she was just doing the float, she'd been given a voucher. She'd lost her husband overseas, 
she'd had to move back alone and, um, you know, starting on this new journey, she wasn't um, really wanting to engage, which absolutely fine. Um, and she floated and she had a huge experience in there um, and came out and um, obviously told us at the desk about it. And I, I, th- I think she was almost wanting um, um, assurance that she wasn't sort of losing it, I think. I think she was a little bit like, what on earth has happened she wasn't expecting it. She was very um, sort of shaken a bit about it in a really positive way. Um, and she joined and it was a, a huge path for her. She said she was really into the meditation. She got into the classes. She was an avid floater. Um, but then watching that progression of her, you know, from the person that arrived and she was quite guarded um, to all of a sudden just, you know, different parts of her being able to to, to soften, I think, yeah. is is, a, is something that we have seen in lots of people that have come in and later on told us that it was grief um, and they weren't probably aware that there was other ways that they could process. Mm. Is, there, is there something that we need to share in this podcast? Because this is all around floating. Obviously in, in other podcasts we're going to delve into saunas or ice baths or meditation and the other services that we're offering. But is there anything that we need to share with people that they, so that they understand like either one, why they should do it or two, just what to expect, you know? Like I know you sort of at the start, you talked a little bit around, you know, you, you pull up, you come in, we'll give you an intro, you don't need to bring. I mean, you know, is there is there is there something that we need to make clear to people so that they understand like, actually, this is something I want to try, you know? I think for me it would be just a flotation is for everyone. I think it is um, don't be afraid to try it. it, it I don't think it is as... Um, far out as what people think. It is quite a simple experience if you allow yourself to have it. Um, and I think don't go in with any expectations. Mm. I think it is, you know, set your heart on three if you can um, and then just see where it takes you. Um, but I think everyone deserves to have this experience. I know, but this is these are probably two of the most passionate float people <laughs> I know. Um, and I think, um, you know, the amount of knowledge and care that, Net constantly imparts, and just the diligence to the whole process and system of floating, it is quite involved. But the actual act, the person coming in the door, um, just keeping it really simple, I think. And no matter who you are, what you do, you know, give it, give it a go. Awesome. Well, what I want to do before we sort of um, finish up is I want to do a bit of a quick fire. It doesn't have to be like quick, quick fire, but just some of the common questions that I get around floating or the common questions that come either through email, through message, and just a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of a snapshot, like either of you guys can jump in. So I'll just sort of work through it. But so this one, I can't float in normal water. What if I can't float? You will definitely float. Um, some people are uh, too buoyant, <laughs> depending on bone density and stuff. But yeah, we haven't had anyone sink <laughs> at all. You will float. So so much so that you could sleep. Like this thing. So much what if I... so that you can go completely unconscious. Yes, you can sleep in the tank. That was the next question. What if I fall asleep? Most people fall asleep for a minute and a half. People will definitely go semi-conscious, like, um, and then they'll usually twitch, like you'll get a muscle twitch, and which will bring you back to yourself. We get people that, um, that are floating with uh, sleep apnea and insomnia that will float um, to sleep the whole time. It helps with sleep, eh? It does. Yeah, there's studies on that. It does help with um, having deeper sleep for longer. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Next question. Well, we've talked about a little bit already. What if I have a busy mind and struggle to stay still? 
Yes, the staying still thing is hard because it is a novelty. Like you get in the tank and you're floating and it feels very intriguing um, and you kind of have to resist the urge to push off the sides and move around a bit. Um, there's a little bit of control that you want to execute there. That I would say save the movement till the end of the yeah. flow. When the music comes back on, kick off. Yeah, ping pong round. <laughs> focus on something. like um, Some people focus on their breath. Some people focus on a sensation in their body. Um, I find I've got a deviated septum, so focusing on my breath is kind of annoying. Uh, so I like to focus on a sensation, whether it's feeling, if I can see if I can feel somewhere cold, can I feel somewhere warm? Can I feel my fingers at all? Can I feel anything? <laughs> mm, interesting. Next one, next one I think is off the back of, like, as I know, Joe Rogan's spoken a lot about floating over the years. You know, it's, he's, he's been, I think he's been one of the biggest proponents of floating. I think he's massively brought awareness to a huge amount of people around the power of floating. But the question there was around, like, is there a large part of your market that come into O Studio or Cloud9 because of Joe Rogan? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. You still get people because I think when you start kind of searching things, um, the things that have been mentioned by Joe Rogan come up in your searches and things like that. So we get heaps of people saying that they heard about floating from Joe Rogan. Yeah, epic. Yep. Um, that one. The next one is how often do I need to float? I think we've touched on that today. For some people, the acute phase it's more often, but just that maintenance. What we'd recommend, I think, we've all agreed on is. Just start once a month. Just make a practice of once a month. And there might be times that it's high stress and you, you go again. Um, but I think that once a month seems to be where it sort of lands for most people. Um, how do you clean the cabins? Okay. Yeah, that's my jam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you will hear the filtration kick in at the end of your float. Uh, the filtration itself is over 300 litres a minute. And in that processing part, you've got a UV germicidal bulb. So the water is treated with that. Um, it goes through a one micron filter. Now, um, a, like a wee bit of pollen floating through the air is 20 microns. So a one micron filter is catching everything. It's like 10 times smaller yeah. than the diameter of a hair or yeah, something. Yeah, eh? yeah, that's right. Um, it's also got an H2O2 autodoser, um, hydrogen peroxide. We use hydrogen peroxide because it breaks down into oxygen and water. So that's perfect, right, for us. Like you want to be in that. And um, it has no scent either. Why don't you use chlorine? I know the answer, but I think people the, would ask. Yeah, the chlorine is you're in an, an, an enclosed space. It's a it's a large enclosed space, but it's it's pretty. It'd be pretty stinky in there yeah, to be in the chlorine. Because I think because I think the core question is like, is is it clean? Is the question, isn't it? Is the water? It is our proud our pride and joy. So it is our job to make sure this is immaculate. Yeah. Um, so we do water testing. Um, we're checking the pH levels, the total alkalinity levels. Um, we're checking this, like the sanitizer, the H2O2 levels as well. Um, yeah, and we're doing checks, the density checks as well every day. Those are like our, that's our jam, water nice. maintenance. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's no one better than that. I feel like she's the guru of, she can always smell a tank that needs to she feel a tank. Is it good for my skin? It uh, softens the skin. Um, it is really good for the skin. It's great for any kind of dermatitis, psoriasis, eczema, anything like that. Yay, yay. I actually have 
psoriasis, not that you can tell because I don't have anything on me, but that's because I float regularly. Um, great for the skin, softens it, and you don't get pruned up either. Like osmosis does not work the same way as it would if you were taking a bath or in the ocean. Interesting. Actually, I hadn't heard that, but that's interesting Mm because you can be in there for an hour and you don't... Yep, you don't prune. That's what it is. Is it the the salinity? Yep, yep, yep. So it's like the salinity of your blood and the salinity of the um, water, it kind of cancels each other out. So you don't get the travelling through the skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, through the skin layer. The osmosis just does not work the same way. Interesting. Next one, what if I'm claustrophobic? So you can open the lid, you can have it halfway open, you can have it all the way open, you can have your door all the way open, partially shut, whatever whatever is going to make you comfortable. But we will talk you through that as well. So when you walk into the room, that's something that they will go over to make you feel comfortable because we want everyone to feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah, I think I think that just to jump in here as well, like um, that is sort of part of the reason why we've designed the cabins for our studio. So we've put a lot of time into designing they're the biggest, tallest, widest cabins in New Zealand. Um, literally, you know, you can, you can be seven foot and walking around inside it, you know. And, and so, um, and it's it's not because, I mean, I love floating in pods. We've got huge amounts of people that float in pods all the time um, with the, the styles that you've just talked about with the lids. And the experience is exactly the same, you know. And once people are comfortable in a cabin, I think they'd be more, more than comfortable going to a pod. But the reason that we went to a cabin was for that reason, was that reason of like there's more people that would feel more comfortable being able to walk around inside a space before they lie down rather than having to sort of pull a lid down. But, yeah, I'm a fan of both. Um, I've just answered the next question, which is (laughs) what is the difference between pods and cabins? (laughs) So we'll leave that. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, yeah? Yeah. Um, Do I have to get my hair wet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, even if you, we have had people try to use like swimming caps and things like that, but because your head is far back into the water, it does seep into the hairline, and once it's in the hairline, that salt is going to crystallize. You cannot walk out of there with that in your hair. It will um, look like you have dandruff. It goes <laughs> crunchy and white. <laughs> you need to rinse it off. So yes, yeah, you will get your hair wet. It is crazy, eh? Like people like because you look at the water, you run your hand through the. Water, it looks like water. It looks like water. You know, and then like, you know, you run your hand through and then five minutes later, you're like, my whole hand is like white. Yes. <laughs> There's so much salt in there. You just don't realise. Um, next one, do you float naked? You do. It is preferred. Um, there are some instances where people um, like with mobility issues might wear togs in case they need assistance or something, but um the salt does start to crystallise on the top of the body. If you're in a swimsuit, it can feel distracting. Even just the fabric being wet on, on the top of you can feel distracting. It's like, would you wear a swimsuit in a bath? Yeah. It's just a weird feeling. It's better to go natural. Yeah. Um, You've got a private room, by yeah. the way. <laughs> second to, oh, exactly. I mean, that's the key part there. And you're in your own room. You've got everything yeah. you need. Um, second to last one, do I have to turn the light off? You don't have to turn the light off. No, it's under your control. You've got a wee button. Yeah, so we set up floats um, to give the best experience based on the thousands of people that we have had through. So we usually have 10 minutes of music at the start and then silence and five minutes music at the end. But if on your second float, you might prefer something different. So we can change that up for you. You might prefer music throughout, which sometimes people with tinnitus um, would prefer that. (laughs) Um, And some people would just go five minutes at the end 
Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Um, last question, this may, not, may or may not be one that I just chucked in because I wanted to hear the response, <laughs> but is, so the Cloud9 t-shirts originally said float is my second favourite F-word. My question was, if that's your second favourite, what's your favourite? Well, my favourite is that F-word, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I thought you were going to say food. <laughs> Mine's Friday. Like mine is 100%. Oh, Friday? Mine's Friday's Friday. Friday. Oh, that's a good one. That was what it was all about. What do you think it was? <laughs> mine was always Friday. Oh. No, that's cool. Well, um, thanks so much for coming in, Nat. Is it, it, just before I sort of sign off, is there anything that you'd like to add in here around floating? Is there anything you think we've missed? Uh, yes, actually. Awesome. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, so floating is amazing for creativity. Mm. So when your brain's not processing all that extrasensory information, it has it has the space to um, have, allow cool ideas to come through. Um, I had, uh, I was, I'm a musician as well, so I was doing some composition work and I was writing for a, a string section, right, so violins and that, and I was getting stuck. I was getting stuck on this uh, hook, this melody. And I was like, right, I'm going to take it to the tank. So I got in the tank and I lay back and I, I wasn't, actively pursuing it, but I just surrendered to the tank. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, you know I want this melody. You know I want this hook. Come at me. And I just just released, right, just nothing. Um, and I started to get a visual. There was a visual of this man. It was actually like a homeless man that I had been chatting to for a few days, but he was, he was coming down the hill and he was ambling down the hill and his, his movements were kind of all over the place and then he'd go up on a wee verge of grass with flowers and stuff but as he was coming down I could hear the strings were following his steps and his movements down the hill and back up again and that was the melody that became the hook that was that's the creative flow like when something is just coming through you that's one of the coolest float experiences I have had that is I'm going to so call you cool. August Rush from now on I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that but it's true though eh? like yeah. we get people coming like as a space to be creative yeah. it's very cool it's very very cool well that brings us to a wrap. One thing I would just want to add, I guess, is if anyone's really interested in floating and wants to understand a little bit more about what floating is, the, re the research behind floating, the science behind floating, why you'd use it, how you, we've got these really awesome resources that we can send. So all you'd need to do is email hello.hq at ostudio.co.nz and we're just yeah, happily, happy to send you anything that we've got here on floating if you, if you are interested. But... Um, one thing from me um, is I just recommend you give it a crack. Like give it a crack, do three. It's You're not going to regret it. That's one thing I can absolutely um, say. Um, I think at the very least you're going to have a really nice experience. You're going to be really well looked after by a really cool team. And hopefully it's something that you really enjoy and you get real benefit from and want to integrate somewhere into your life. Whatever that looks like for you is, is up to you. But thanks so much for tuning in, Nat. Thanks so much for coming along, Soph. Um, great to get another podcast recorded. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Soph. <laughs>
Our purpose at O Studio is to make holistic wellness as accepted, as understood, and as practiced as physical fitness. If you want to join us on this journey, come and visit us at a location near you. Visit ostudio.co.nz for all the details. Own the moment. <laughs>